This is Booch News with Ian Griffin, a podcast all about kombucha. So I'm on the phone today with Emma of Booch and Brew in Alteringham near Manchester, England. Hi, Emma. How are you doing? I'm very well, thanks, Ian. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thanks. What what got the ball rolling for you and Kenny? And I think there's four of you now, right, in the company on the website. But how did you first get the idea to make commercial kombucha available? Um, so Kenny and I are friends, and um, we um, we actually have another brand, a, a vitamin brand that we set up first. We really sort of for different reasons, both of us into sort of, you know, health and looking after our bodies. And um, I guess the kombucha side of what we do came about because I, so I lived in America too. Um, I moved to America 10 years ago now with um, my husband and um, we lived in, we lived in Virginia in Richmond. And whilst I was out there, um, I loved it and I loved all the sort of going to the food markets and all the sort of little independent stores um, in the city. And I I happened to one day listen to um, NPR and heard Sandor Katz on the radio and he was talking about fermented food. And I'd never really considered fermented food as, you know, I knew beer was fermented and I knew bread was fermented but I never really thought about it and then I listened to this program Science Friday and I just thought wow this is so interesting and off I went to the local market and picked up some sort of um, kraut and kimchi and kombucha and that's where I got into it sort of eight years ago started making my own kombucha um, or 10 years ago sorry right then it, it was still I think a real sort of western Hosting in the state, so it not it wasn't like a lot of kombucha breweries. Certainly not there weren't any. In fact, where we lived in Richmond, so I was just making it at home. And then we moved back to the UK, and um, I continued to make kombucha. And then Kenny and I set up our business, and we decided let's have a let's set up a sort of fermented food side of the business. So we started off in local farmers markets over here maybe about three years ago now and we were just testing the market really so we were selling kombucha and kimchi and sauerkraut and kombucha was the winner and at that stage we were brewing it in my garage so pretty much like every other kombucha company i think in the world um we started off quite small i originally was making kombucha in glass jars on my worktop in the kitchen and then we progressed to a 100 litre brew pot and then it became 200 litre brew pots and then we got a 300 litre one. Um, I should also say that obviously Kenny and I, um, it's our business but my husband Julian has played a big part in it too because he's an engineer so he sort of took, he if you like built our first brewery um, in our house in the garage and now we've got our proper brewery if we like if you like and um, he set that up and um he's not part of the company now but he's still sort of he's you know a big part of it in the sense that he's still around and he's yeah. you know our engineer what? and he gets so sort of family business two families yeah 
I'm curious to know when you said you started out with kimchi, kombucha, sauerkraut, and you were at different um, farmers markets, food markets around uh, presumably Cheshire area, and that was mm-hmm. two years ago. What kind of reaction did you get from you know, the average person? Was it like some people had heard of it and were very excited and others had never heard of it, or did you have a lot of education to do? How did that work out? Lo- loads of education, and still loads of education, really. And, and the UK is, 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 is quite sort of disparate, so... So now you go, you, I go to London and I see people walking down the street with kombucha in their hand. In the north and northwest, it's still got a long way to go in terms of people knowing what kombucha is now. I would like to think that we're playing a big part in spreading that understanding and education. But, um, you know, there's still a lot of people over here that don't know it and know what kombucha is or they might have heard of it, but... They don't, they've never tried it before. So when we were on the market stalls, it was a lot of sort of education, um, getting people to try um, and, and, and getting people to try that sort of different flavor and that funkiness and that lovely sort of... Yeah, yeah. Know, so what kind of reactions not. did you... Did, what, I mean, what kind of reactions did you get when people did take the first sip, so to speak? Um, well... Gen- thankfully, generally really positive. <laughs> I think yeah. I think often people are surprised because they sort of they know about fermented. They might have heard about fermented food or seen it on the TV or something. And they, because they know that it's healthy, they kind of almost expect it to not taste nice. You know, there's that thing uh-huh. where they're thinking, "Oh, it's healthy. It's not going to be nice." And then you give them a sip, and they're going, "Oh." Oh yeah, this is good, and I love that. I love it when you give it. You give kombucha to somebody who's never had it before, and they're really surprised because they think, "God, yeah, this is gorgeous." Yeah, yeah, that's great. And you're one of a number of companies, even though the northwest isn't, like you say, as as uh, common as London. But uh, as I'm going to say in the blog, you know, there's a a growing number of kombucha brewers, and I think the more awareness there is, it'll all everybody will help each other kind of bring the, the word out to the market. So two years after you started, you said you went to 100, 200, 300-liter tanks. Um, I mean, I looked on your website, and it looks like you've got three or four flavors, bottles, 300-milliliter uh, bottles. Um, what kind of distribution do you have now? Is it, is it still very regional where, people, where you've got stockists and shops that carry it? Yeah, so so we we quite quickly progressed. So that was two years ago when we were on the 200 and 300 litre tanks. So 12 months ago, we built other, our sort of proper microbrewery, if you like, which is on a farm um, on the on the on in Manchester, but on the outskirts of Manchester. Um, and um, we've got a thousand. We're on. We've got about eight thousand litre tank. Well, 1,200 litre tanks now. So we've kind of upscaled quite significantly so in terms of distribution we um yeah a lot of our distribution is around manchester and the northwest um i think we're probably the biggest kombucha brewer in manchester um and um we have you know we started to see distribution beyond the manchester area now so we've got outlets in bristol and bath um into yorkshire um and how do you, I mean, how does it get stocked in Bristol and Bath? Do you 
work with like a third-party distributor who has refrigerated vans or something that go down there? Or do you drive? Yeah, you don't so drive down yourself. No, no, so we've got a couple of distributors that we work with and then some of them are where we've, you know, gone out ourselves and, and just gone and visited different cities and taken our kombucha around and got people to try it and some of them we fulfill ourselves. Yeah, yeah, and, and do you do any kombucha on draft or like presumably that's what you did at the markets, right? You sort of had a keg or something to give people taste. You. Do you have outlets in any pubs or restaurants where they sell it on draft? So yeah, we've done we don't we've done sort of um, like collabor we've done quite a few collaborations on draft. So for example, in Manchester, there's a really cool um, craft beer sort of beer pub, and we've done different collaborations with them. We've done um, they asked us to dry hop a boot with sriracha ace hops which are sort of normally um in beer obviously so we did that that went down really well i i, I really like um putting the hops with kombucha because it's really interesting to see beer drinkers reactions actually because they kind of smell it and it smells like a beer you know you get that that kind of lovely hop aroma but then when they drink it it's completely unlike anything they've ever tried before um that's really cool. So yeah, we've done quite a few collaborations. Again, for us, we want to we see keg as a real opportunity over here in the UK, particularly particularly as a lot, you know, more people are not drinking alcohol and they're looking for an interesting alternative that's not soda water or pop. So we see that as a really, you know, potentially big growth area here in the UK. But it's very different to how it is in America, you know, where you can take your growler down the local grocery store or, or even kombucha tap room and have them filled up. It's not like that here yet. But, you know, right. it's going to be, and we want to play a part in that. Yeah, I think, I mean, I started drinking kombucha, like I said, about 10 years ago, and I gave up drinking alcohol. and you get fed up very quickly of orange juice and fizzy water and yeah. uh, that's where I discovered it and couldn't stop drinking it and <laughs> started brewing my own because I was spending so much on, you know, GTs at the shop. Um, yeah, yeah. But that's, gr- that's, that's great to hear then that your business, did you say you have eight 1,200-litre tw- tanks? Yeah. That's a huge number. Well, that's a massive increase in volume over. That's been quite a, a big... Um, curve was there a i mean if you had to advise somebody else making that kind of growth pattern was there like things you wish you'd done differently or or was it just an organic growth where your you and your husband were able to get the new facility build it out and were there any hiccups or anything you sort of wish oh, differently and i wish and, and i wish kenny was here too to talk to you because between us, we could we could probably write a book on all the hiccups. I think the thing about kombucha, and again, certainly in the UK, it's not like beer. So if you want to brew beer or you want to set up a beer brewery, you know, there are umpteen different brewing courses that you can go on um, and learn how to brew beer. There isn't that, there isn't that with kombucha. There's no kombucha sort of accredited course that you can go on. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it is, is us talking to other people in the industry across the world and I'm sure you know there's a really helpful sort of Facebook international Facebook group of different brewers and 
seeking advice from different contacts that we've got and, and you know, working with um, different, you know, our brewer and, 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 you know, but a lot of it has been us basically, just, you know, us figuring out how we scale up ourselves. And so there's been lots of trial and error and lots of things that have worked and haven't worked. And I'm, I, yeah. I imagine it's quite a similar story for other kombucha companies i think so yeah i think i mean I, i'd encourage you if you feel like it definitely uh you could have a bestseller if you wrote a book that really explained the step-by-step guide and of course for different kombucha companies it, no two are the same obviously but there's probably common problems so i have to ask you now just to let people know we're recording this exactly mid-june june 15th and we've had the coronavirus obviously all around the world including england how has that been for you what kind of response have you had to make to everything being shut down and locked up and how, how's your business doing so i guess it's a you know it, it's, it's been a mixed picture so We've seen an increase in online sales, for example, and we've really tried to focus on that. Um, and that's been, you know, it's obviously been an awful situation what's happened, but there are some positives to come out of it. And for us, it's been that, you know, increase in online sales. And we've obviously had to adapt the business and focus on that because the other part of our business, which is the wholesale business, is completely stopped um, so a lot of our um, stockists are either not open at the moment or they're open on very sort of reduced um, reduced hours and reduced footfall. So it has been, you know, a real challenge, but we are sort of adapting to the new normal, if you want to call it that, and really focusing on, on what we can do online and, and looking at, you know, what we sell and, and looking at feedback from customers and, you know, lots of customers are drinking kombucha right now for health reasons. Lots of kombucha customers yeah. are drinking it because they don't want to drink alcohol. So we're just kind of talking to our customers and looking at online opportunities and, and also just talking to our stockists as well and keeping, you know, keeping in touch with them. And it's been really nice the last so we're in mid-June now, and, and it's been really good the last couple of weeks. Some of our mm. sort of most, you know, our oldest stockists have started to come back to life, and it's so good to see them start to trade again or at least start to plan for trading, and we're kind of excited to be a part of that when it all opens up again. Yeah, well, it sounds like uh, with the um, definitely, I think there has been an increased awareness that kombucha's one of the health uh, it's not obviously going to cure anything, but, but it's a way to build up your overall health in a situation we've all been in. Um, well, this, this is great. Now, it looks on your website, there's, a, there's um, you and Kenny and then two other people. Is it um, you've got a brew person, Amy and Julian? Um, is that it? Is that four of you in the company or do you have other people coming in? You said your husband obviously helped with the engineering of the new facility, but... Is it like Monday yeah, so, through board, day by day, there's four of you? Well, it's changed, actually. So there's Kenny and I, and then so Julian, that's my husband. Um, so that's a photo from a year ago. And Amy mm. is our um, part of the team as well. Um, we've also got um, a brewer who's not on that picture um, at the moment. And then we're also really lucky in the... Um, 
so so we're based on a on a farm and um it, if you we always say so there's obviously Kenny and I and our families behind the business but um the farm is um there's a fam it's a family farm and the children of the farmers um work for us as well and they work in sales and inventory and packaging and stuff oh. so um, they're not. We we need to update photos for the website actually. But oh yeah. Um, it's so is nice. it a typical is it a typical Cheshire dairy farm with herds of Frisians and things? And it's is it a working arable. farm? Arable. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a working. It's an arable farm, and it's actually. Um, I mean, this will only be relevant for people who live in the UK, but it's on a national trust estate. So there's a big sort of stately home. Um, um, called Dunham Massey, which is on the edge of Manchester, which you might know, being from Crewe. And it's one of the farms that's attached to that. So it's, it's our location, actually, is fantastic because, I mean, again, for people who aren't from the UK, Manchester's the second or third biggest city. And, and it's massive and cosmopolitan and bustling and busy and all that stuff. And we're lucky because... We're right on the edge of all that, so it takes us maybe, you know, 30 minutes to get into the city centre and to a lot of our stockists. But then the farm, when you're there, you, you feel like you're in the middle of nowhere. So oh, yeah. the countryside, and there are swifts and swallows so it's, it's, uh, around. It's not, it, it sounds like it's got the best of both worlds, and you're not hassled in terms of the environment. But, yeah, I know Manchester. I mean, I, as I was saying, I left when it was uh, Liverpool, Manchester, and those cities in the late 70s were pretty dismal. But I know they call it, what, the Northern Powerhouse, the BBC moved yeah, there. Right. And it's kind of thrived, uh, thriving city now, Manchester. And you've got, uh, I mean, it, it's probably, I mean, I'm guessing it would be easier to sort of do business around Manchester than it would having, say, in London, where you've got such a huge sprawl to negotiate with traffic jams. I mean, there's probably traffic jams in Manchester as well, but you can get in and out to pubs. And, and what you said about stockists, I'm curious to know, is it um, like what what sort of, I don't know what you call them, what band of, is it like grocery shops, health food shops, independents, or do you have any sort of, I mean, I don't know if you're in Morrison's or Sainsbury's or any of those national shops re, uh, around you. Or is it, is it more the independent, smaller shops? Yeah, so for the sort of big nationals that are next on our list, so we stock, I mean, we stock a whole range of people from um, bars, coffee shops, yoga studios, um, uh, you know, grocery stores. Um, it's a whole sort of different range of people, gyms, um Manchester, you know, has got a lot of pretty cool independent places. Um, so yeah, we we kind of yeah. we're really we're really lucky to stock like bakeries. We're so lucky to stock some really great places, and it's lovely. And you know, it, so it's lovely when you go on delivery and you, you think, wow, that place. You know, you love somewhere in the city, and they stock your kombucha. It's the best feeling ever. I suppose at some point you, you were talking about going to London, seeing people carrying kombucha down the street. So I'm sure you must have had the experience if you come around the corner and somebody's got a bottle of your kombucha in their hand, right? <laughs> Does that happen? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's really funny. It's it's cool. Yeah, it is. It's lovely. And 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 you know when you yeah. see, yeah, yeah, it's a bit crazy. And also there's that sort of 
never you know when you give some some of it to somebody and you know that they've got really you know the attuned taste buds so you really value their opinion it's always a bit scary when you hand a bottle over to them but yeah no it's good it's exciting for us as well it's really important that we don't really want to be seen as a soft drinks brand we want to be seen as a brewery you know and and we you know I i was saying before that there isn't a course for kombucha brewers but we know you know that we do use a lot of the same techniques in craft beer brewing and cider making and 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 it's great to be in manchester because manchester's just got such a great sort of history of beer and brewing and loads of amazing independent craft beer breweries who have all you know and quite a lot of them have been really helpful and great Mm. to you know to support us so it's really cool to be sort of part of that manchester scene yeah, uh, I have one last question for you as we wrap up here. I'm curious to know, because I'm sure you're going to tell me, and I'll hit my head on my hand, but what is on your bottles in your, is that logo? Is it a butterfly or there's some kind of insect with wings? Is it a dragonfly? It's a, a butterfly. butterfly. A butterfly, okay. So that, so that was Kenny. Um, had this sort of flash of inspiration and um it's a butterfly because it's sort of we want it to represent metamorphoses so the transformation of um tea into kombucha great great well it's been great talking with you uh, emma and uh, hopefully now um you're set by the sound of it to continue what has been quite a rapid growth over just two years uh so the volume you got and good luck getting into those national uh, distributions as well, maybe through one of the big chains. Yep, no, it's ex- you know ex- we're excited and and we've got big plans and we want to be the best kombucha brewer there is. That's our goal. So well, I hope be- you are. Good luck. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Booch News. For more about kombucha, please visit boochnews.com. dot